It's NFL Draft Day. How about that? A live sporting event to watch, share, discuss, argue over. It's going to be fun tonight and for the next few days. It's Thursday, April 23rd. This is Sports Beat KC, the Stars Daily Sports Podcast, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. I'm going to share what I'm seeing as the final mock draft selections for the Chiefs, who pick at number 32 tonight, the best of all possible draft spots. Why is that? Well, that draft spot is assigned to the Super Bowl winner. It's up to that team to keep it or trade it away, and we'll see what the Chiefs do tonight. In our first segment, I've collected some of the mock drafts to see what the experts around the country are thinking. I'm not sure a consensus of opinion has formed on a player, but it looks like folks around the nation are taking the early view of Kansas City media and local draft nicks who are thinking cornerback. Part of that thinking was shaped before the Chiefs brought back Bashard Breeland and after they had lost Kendall Fuller. And it seems like in the evolution of draft guessing, Kansas City media has moved away a little bit from cornerback. Hey, it still might happen, but I'm seeing more players from other positions as the choice. I'll identify a few of those in a minute. And after you hear me list those players, Chiefs beat writer Herbie Teope will give you his idea on the Chiefs pick. It was for a spot he recorded earlier this week. I checked with Herbie more recently. He's going to take that opinion into the draft. After a break, star columnist Vahe Gregorian and I pick up on a couple of draft topics. First, and this is obviously not a Chiefs-related topic, we remember some of the drafts that involved an either-or quarterback choice at the top and how those players have worked out. We didn't include a recent one that we probably should have, the 2016 draft that had at the top Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. You'll remember Goff from California went first to the Rams and Wentz from North Dakota State went second to the Philadelphia Eagles. Their teams have each played in a Super Bowl, although Wentz was injured in his second year when the Chiefs won it. After that, Vahe and I get into the best Chiefs draft of all time, and trust me, it was an easy selection. But first, let's talk about the mocks. I look at them like college recruiting rankings for football and basketball. It's a totally inexact science, but I love to follow it just the same. So many people do. Tonight, when the first pick is made, and we'd all be shocked if it wasn't LSU quarterback Joe Burrow headed to the Cincinnati Bengals, mock drafts are all but forgotten. Until then, however, here are the names of players I'm seeing headed to the Chiefs. From the cornerback position group, It's Jalen Johnson of Utah, Jeff Gladney of TCU, Alabama's Trevon Diggs, Christian Fulton of LSU, and then Antoine Antoine Winfield of Minnesota, who who, uh, is seen as sort of a safety cornerback player. Those are the names I see most prominently from cornerback that the Chiefs could pick tonight at number 32. Others from different positions that I've seen um, more than once in mock drafts. Michigan center Cesar Ruiz, LSU interior lineman, center guard Lloyd Cushenberry, and running back DeAndre Swift. That's really interesting to me. Um, If you listened to yesterday's podcast, uh, you heard Vahe and I talking about the evolution of running backs in the draft, not only in the NFL, but for the Chiefs as well. Okay, but now let's hear from Chiefs beat writer Herbie Teope. He taped this segment for the Star earlier this week, and as I said, he has not moved off of this position. Then we'll take a break, and then after a break, you'll hear Vahe and I discuss more draft topics. I'm Herbie Teope with the Kansas City Star. Let's take a look at who the Chiefs could be taken with the 32nd overall pick in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. 
With the recent re-signing of cornerback Bashad Breland, the Chiefs no longer have a pressing need at cornerback, but linebacker, offensive line, and running back could be at the top of the Chiefs' wish list. With just five picks this year, the 32nd overall pick should focus on an immediate impact player, not a player to fill depth. And that position falls on linebacker, especially an every-down player capable of rushing the passer or dropping back in coverage. The Chiefs returned linebackers Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson as starters, but lost Reggie Ragland to free agency. So it wouldn't surprise if the Chiefs took a hard look at Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. At six foot two and 238 pounds, Bond would fill a position of need, and he could arguably be the best player available when the Chiefs are on the clock. Bond was a dual-threat quarterback in high school and never played defense until college, but his high level of athleticism transitioned well to outside linebacker, especially in his final two seasons at Wisconsin. He finished his collegiate career with 98 total tackles, which included 30 and a half for a loss, and he totaled 15 sacks in his final two years to go along with two interceptions and four passes defensed en route to an all-Big Ten selection in 2019. The Chiefs need an every-down linebacker capable of covering and pass-rushing skills. The Wisconsin linebacker checks the boxes. Other players to consider here are LSU linebacker Patrick Queen, Georgia running back DeAndre Swift, and Michigan offensive lineman Cesar Ruiz. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. So I was coming up with in my, uh, you know, my memory bank, which is a treacherous, treacherous place <laughs> I should never rely on. But I got to thinking about years in which uh, there was some kind of debate about which was the best quarterback available in the draft. And often it came down to an either or proposition. And. Uh, I'm just going to run these years and names by you. I know I'm missing a few, but these are the, the three that I thought about. So in, in the 1998 draft, the debate was between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. Remember Manning yeah, Tennessee and Ryan Leaf with, uh, yeah. with Washington State? You yeah. probably, like me, in fact, I, I know you did because you're, you're the Heisman, the region Heisman chairman. Um, we got the Heisman promotion from Washington State a maple leaf inside an envelope. I've still got that leaf somewhere. I can't remember whether I left it in the envelope. And if I didn't leave it in the envelope, it might have gotten blown away. But but yeah, that was pretty clever. Yep. It was, you know, part of part of the big campaigns going on then was just little subtle things like that. Real debate on whether you know, who was going to go first. Yeah. Um, as we know, Manning did. Let's fast forward to the 2006 draft. And the team, the quarterbacks who who opposed each other in the national championship game that year were Vince Young and Matt Leinart. So Vince Young for Texas went third in the draft, and Matt Leinart went tenth for USC. 
I just remember there being, all right, who's, who's got the better future? Who was the better college player? They each won a national championship and, you know, Blinert won his junior year and Young the senior year. And then again in 2015, it came down to um, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. And, when, and Mariota's Oregon team beat Winston in the Rose Bowl, which was the first year of the college mm-hmm. football playoff, the national semifinal. So I just remember those years in particular being which one was better. And the thing that I think about now is the only one of those six quarterbacks that had a career that that you would say was exemplary was Peyton Manning, right? Because Ryan yeah. Leaf was a yeah. bust, total bust. Yeah. Um, we look right now at it. Um, Still Vince, waiting to define Vince, those guys. Uh, ahead, Matt yeah. Leiner was never never was a good pro. No, Vince Young no. underachieved as a pro. Yeah. I thought I totally misread that. Maybe he was ahead of his time. Um, and Jameis Winston's out of a job, and Marcus Mariota is now the backup for, yeah. you know, for the Chargers. So I, I'm just I don't know I, I don't know what that says or what the comment is, except for um, we can go to 2017 and look at Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson, and see where at least two of those three, you know, if there was a debate among those, it wasn't to the level that those other three were, but. It, it, but at least in 2017, uh, that produced at least it looks like two really good ones and maybe one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, you know, you're you're right, and that's I don't know I don't know if you I love your point about Vince Young maybe being before his time. I mean, we were both at that that Rose Bowl. Um, it was unbelievable. Maybe the greatest game and the most pressure moment and against a phenomenal team. How does that not translate? I think that was the the best college football performance I ever saw. Certainly in person, um, and and it wasn't just you know doing one thing. So anyway, it's a neat point about that. But but the bigger point you're making is is the sort of just question mark about the conversion from the college game to the pro game, and for one reason or another, those guys. It, maybe the jury's still a little bit out on maybe on, on Winston and Mariota, but for the the rest, I mean. Peyton's the only guy that that yeah. had it, and remember the knock against Peyton in college was couldn't win the big one. Couldn't win the big one. It was they won it the next year with T. Martin as their quarterback. Yep, and had Steve Spurrier smugly saying that the reason that Peyton Manning came back for his senior year was to be the first three-time Citrus Bowl quarterback. <laughs> 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 Who ended up with a better future from that point? <laughs> oh yeah, you know maybe there's a little karma there. Uh, I wonder what their relationship ever became over the years. They must have had some relationship. Um, <laughs> But it, it is, and it's funny, you were referring earlier to our, you know, sort of our uh, roots in the game. I mean, you know, one of the first, probably the first draft I ever remember was the 71 draft, um, when it was the first the first three quarterbacks. Um, I was just looking it up because I couldn't remember for sure, but it was, the, it was you know, Pastorini and uh, Theismann and Plunkett. At the time, it was Pastorini, Theismann, and Plunkett. Theismann, yeah. <laughs> had, so, I had he changed it from... I thought he changed it to Theismann I think it was Notre, for the it, Heisman campaign, then went back? I, no, no, he, he did. He, I think he started at Notre Dame as Theismann <laughs> okay. finished as Theismann. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hell of a, hell of a marketing oh boy. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but those, look, all three of those guys ended up distinguished in some way. Pastorini probably the less of the three, but had, yeah. but had a good, solid career. And I, Yeah, and look, I'm, and, and six of the top 99 were quarterbacks that year, according to the Sports Illustrated story. That included Archie Manning and Lynn Dickey and Ken Anderson. So 
all six went on. I mean, poor Archie Manning never played for a good team and got, no. got beat up a little. But hey, a lot of Super Bowl appearances with that with that group. And Plunkett won two of them. Yeah, yeah, as a starter. So again, though, what what's interesting about this in the context of our broader conversation is evolution of the game, right? I mean, we're talking about at that point that was still when the running back was king. <laughs> But six of the top 99 were quarterbacks. I have no idea if, if you did a real study of this, if that would be a beginning of the shift. It probably was really later. Yeah, I think it came 70s, later. Late 70s, early 80s, you know, that you started West right. Coast offense and things. Anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> That's good. You know, um, sadly or, or not sadly, we are, you know, we are firsthand accounts of the evolution of the game, at least from, the, from this in the Super Bowl era. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. You did you watch the first Super Bowl? You you were too young, but did did, did you I re- I'll, I remember. I'll tell you, I don't remember the first Super Bowl. I remember the second Super Bowl. I remember the Packers Raiders Super Bowl for one. I remember the halftime show. They brought the two big, you know, dolls or whatever they were on the on the field at halftime. The Packers and the Raiders, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, big old machines, and it looked like Rock'em Sock'em robots. Only you know they were huge. That was the halftime show. I remember seeing that. And I, I absolutely remember watching every minute of the Jets Colts in the following year. But for whatever reason, I the, 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 your memories play tricks on you when you're yeah, you know, yeah. from that part. Yeah. I can remember an NFC an NFL championship game between the Browns and the Vikings that that I think put the Vikings into was it Super Bowl four with the Chiefs. I remember watching that. I remember the Chiefs Raiders. The seventeen to seven game in Oakland, the last AFL game. Wow. I remember watching that. So, well, as usual, you're ahead of me. You were you were watching these things about two years before me, despite our basic same age. Um, first Super Bowl I ever saw was Cowboys Colts Super Bowl five, um, and we were living in Austin, Texas at the time, and I was a devoted Cowboys fan. First Chiefs game I remember though, I think they played a Monday Night Football that seventy one season early, um, and. Whatever the first it was Monday Night Football first nineteen seventy seventy that whatever. they played they played one of the first Monday Night games think, early in yeah. the year and it, I think Elmo Wright scored a touchdown and did his and Elmo did Wright his dance and my mom was just laughing and laughing and, <laughs> and and look Elmo Wright hey there's a trend story for you he might have been the first of the dancers that's fifty years we like our anniversaries <laughs> um, right. but again I digress uh, well that Super Bowl five um, that Colts win will come into come into play in our next topic. Wow. I'll, I'll, sh- I'll tell you how in a second. We are going to kind of wrap up our uh, pre-pre-draft conversation with this, the greatest Chiefs draft of all time. I don't think the Chiefs are in a position to have a an all-timer here with five picks uh, and, and selecting as late as 32nd, but you never know. I mean, you never know what, what may come up, what may emerge. They may find five starters, all make a Pro Bowl, and you, you never know how this works out. How these how this works out, but uh, I think you and I have long been in agreement that the greatest collection of talent that uh, the Chiefs assembled in one draft came in 1963, and it was the fir- it was the year the team had moved from Dallas to Kansas City. I don't know. I don't believe the team was in Kansas City at the time. I, they may have been drafting as the Dallas Texans still. Uh, I don't know that for sure. Yeah, that's a great question. I hadn't thought about that. Um, just not conscious of the draft date. I feel like maybe they certainly knew they were Kansas City bound by then. I, I might look that up while we're okay. talking. But well, I'll go. I'll go down the list and then um, and then hear what you've got to say about it. But 
This was a draft. It was uh, the there are seven picks. There've been seven picks in the NFL draft now for at least a couple of decades. This draft had I don't know thirty. You could draft forever. I draft until you ran out of bodies. I think in, in the old uh, AFL and NFL days, which explains one of these picks. But I'll I'll run them down. Um, it, this draft produced two Hall of Famers. Buck Buchanan was their was the Chiefs' top pick in that year. Bobby Bell was number seven, was the seventh-round pick. Um, uh, Buck Buchanan, of course, from Grambling, and Bobby Bell from Minnesota. Ed Buddy, uh, offensive lineman, not a Hall of Famer, but a seven-time All-AFL selection, and he's on the All-AFL team from Michigan State. Gerald Wilson, the punter, 11 seasons. He also on the All-AFL team, three Pro Bowls. And the 24th-round pick for the Chiefs that year was Dave Hill, who spent 12 years with the Chiefs, seven as a starting tackle. So that that 1963 draft produced two hall of, two halls of famers, two more Chiefs, basically greats in Gerald Wilson and Ed Buddy, and a in a a rock of a starter in, in Dave Hill. And I there isn't I don't think there's anything really that comes close in Chiefs history to that 63 draft. Well. I don't think they just almost can't be because of the bedrocks of the foundation they became too. I mean, bedrocks of the of the, the organization and what it would do. Um, you know, quick aside, May twenty second they announced they're moving to Kansas City. So if if assuming the draft was before then, these guys were drafted as Dallas Texans and now they're Kansas City Chiefs. Probably their contracts were being negotiated uh, while they were while they knew they were coming to Kansas City and things like that. Um, it is interesting, as you noted that, about each of these guys, too. I mean, so the AFL was eight teams at that point, right? Uh, seven? Eight? No, eight teams. Eight teams. Four in each side. So Bobby Bell was the 56th pick overall in, that, in the AFL draft. One of the reasons he was the 56th pick, I, I think, that, it, that he went that low, was that there was an assumption that he was going to go to the Minnesota Vikings, because he played at University of Minnesota and was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. But um, the Wiley uh, Chiefs folks, uh, you know, out, out, outworked or out something the Vikings and, and got him here. I did speak with Bobby Bell uh, a few times recently, but uh, today as it happens. And um, off the cuff, we just got talking about that class a little bit. And he just he, he still marvels at, uh, at it. Um, and, you know, it... it you, you can't really play this game, but where where would the franchise have gone without those defensive stalwarts oh in particular? Actually, offensive stalwarts too, and, yeah. and that, that that really was. That's they don't, now remember they were coming off the '62 AFL championship, so they'd already done a thing or two. But you know, one other quick aside, Blair too, just a sad footnote. But uh, in that draft was also uh, Stone Johnson, who I'd forgotten was um, also a Grambling guy. He was taken. Uh, out of Grambling, as was Buck Buchanan, and Stone Johnson died in a exhibition game, a preseason game, whatever they were calling it that era, before the Chiefs played their first game in Kansas City. Died in Wichita, um, and I, it just uh, is a sad footnote in Chiefs history. He would have turned eighty uh, this weekend. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't Grambling. I didn't know that he was a Grambling guy. Yeah, so would have played with uh, with Buck Buchanan. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I was trying to think up some other great. Uh, Chiefs draft classes, there's nothing that compares to the 63. But two years later in 65, these were the names on uh, the Chiefs draft list. They didn't all become Chiefs. Gail Sayers, uh, also drafted by the Bears. 
Mike Curtis, the linebacker, who was a hero oh, in Super I, Bowl V. I didn't realize that. Was there drafted by the there's Chiefs. That, there's that hook. Otis Taylor was in the 65 draft, and Gloucester Richardson also, in, who recently passed away, in the 65 draft. Gail Sears, of course, and Mike Curtis never played for the Chiefs. Um, a couple others. In 84, the, the 84 Chiefs draft included Bill Moss, John Alt, and Kevin Ross. Uh, great trio there. In, in 2005, Derek Johnson and Dustin Colquitt mm. were, were in the draft. And those guys were kind of forever Chiefs. You know, I, I shouldn't say that because Johnson finished his career in a what, Raiders uniform, but retired as a Chief. And, and, and as John Dorsey used to like to say, he's a Chief. He's a Chief. Yeah. He's a Chief. Yeah. Um, I think we'll look back maybe at the 2016 draft that included uh, Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill as one of the better ones for the Chiefs. And, you know, <laughs> sadly, uh, the, the, the 2017 draft will always be remembered for Patrick Mahomes, but it also included Kareem Hunt, yeah. who was the, um, you know, the, the AFC Rookie of the Year that year and, uh, and led, the, led the NFL in rushing, what, what could have been you know, for, for that draft. So, yeah, and you know, Tano, uh, yeah, Tano is still, was the second still there. But he, that, was, he was in between Mahomes and Hunt. That's right, but those are the only two left from the 2017 class, which is a little, little funny, I, I think, uh, just based on that time frame, the recency. But just because Patrick's in it, you'll always say... It'll it always be one of the great ones. Rivals any of the greatest <laughs> classes ever. Yes, it will. Okay, Vahe, I have um, exhausted my topic list for today. And we'll be back tomorrow. Well, I'll be back tomorrow to talk some more Chiefs. We'll get Herbie Teope's final uh, mock draft selection for the Chiefs on Thursday's podcast. Hint... It's similar to uh, what Herbie has expressed in the paper earlier this week. So you'll either have to listen to the podcast or get a star from earlier this week. Vahe, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today on Sports BKC, but it far from completes our NFL draft coverage. You'll get plenty of that t- tonight on KansasCity.com and uh, actually throughout the weekend into next week. But Tonight also includes a special NFL Draft second screen experience on our Facebook page. That's right. Starting at 6.45 p.m., I'll be hosting our NFL Draft special. We'll provide draft analysis, breakdowns, predictions, and you'll hear from reporters and columnists from throughout the country. Please give us a look tonight at www.facebook.com slash Kansas City Star. And that's Kansas City Star, all one word, starting at 6.45 p.m. Thanks to our production team of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Cap tip to Vahe Gregorian and Herbie Teope for their contributions to today's show. We'll be back on Friday with another Sports Beat KC where we'll wrap up the first day of the draft and look forward to Friday's and Saturday's draft coverage. We'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.